0: This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at christiangeekcentral.com. Hello and welcome to the Theology Gaming Podcast. My name is Zachary Oliver, the owner and provider of the Theology Gaming blog. We've had technical issues, which are lots of fun, but we've got to kind of speed it along here. Today I have M. Joshua Collar, Ted Loring, Brian Hall, and Yin Wong to talk about things. So let's just jump right into it we actually have what we would call reader mail which or but somebody posting on a forum doesn't matter anyway mostly the question is about agency of in games but i think it's better off if i just read it myself so i found my son setting animals on fire in minecraft to get cooked meat because it is much easier than killing them and cooking them in an oven And an inexperienced player who's been hungry and struggled to create an oven and cook meat, I can understand the appeal, but at the same time, I found the thought of burning animals alive very disturbing. It is also possible, of course, to abuse innocent humans. I found my son keeping villagers confined in pens for some purpose I didn't understand. Okay, I'm laughing. Now he's been using the gun mod, he could just as easily be using villagers for target practice. Again, there were no fear of consequences. I'm sure there's a lot of games where evil behavior is tolerated or even encouraged, but this is the one my son plays, so it's piqued my interest. So, what do you guys think about this?
1: <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, I'll go straight off the bat. I think that the either like, either the dad um, doesn't have a lot of familiarity with video games at large, or next to none. Um, actually, that's pretty much the same thing. I apologize. But no, in, in short, like... It says games... he's playing Minecraft, though. Yeah, I'd say that, but yeah, sitting down with your kid and playing Minecraft means that he's observing these things for the first time. Yeah, doesn't mean that he's like spending a lot of time in other games or has any familiarity with open-world yeah. environments, and the fact that um, player agency and an open world simply means that um, designers are trying to give you every opportunity to do everything that you possibly can um, that you can think of. Now, that has negative implications right off the bat, but that also has... Um, it's the nature of mechanics, and if if you eliminate those straight off the bat, that means that your world um, very clearly lacks immersion and believability and and the ability to engage with it as you see fit as a player. Hmm. It'd be like the equivalent of going into a uh, sandbox as a kid and finding out that half of it's concrete.
0: Yes. (laughs) I'm thinking it's something similar to playing with toys in a toy box. Well, assuming you had oil and A lighter, (laughs) and maybe some other things to set your figures on fire. Yeah. (laughs) No, this is Ted
2: Loring, and I just wanted to say a little bit about uh, the camping trip that I went on, where I I just recently came across a little booklet for, supposed to be for journaling, and I found uh, some artwork in it that was done (laughs) by my son. And uh, this wasn't near any kind of video game, but apparently he drew a picture of somebody being decapitated by a chainsaw (laughs) in this. uh, So even with pen and paper, it seems like things like this can happen. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: It's experimenting without the penalty of consequences.
2: (laughs) Yeah, And the other element that I would just add is... Programming is very difficult, and sure it sounds simple to say, "Well, you should just program something that says i 'm not going to make it as as easy for you to to burn something and then cook you know use it as cooked meat instead of doing it the right way it's so difficult to program i just I, I say give the programmers a little bit of a break I mean they 've made this unique world uh, they just can't take every element into account, or if they do, it takes an incredible amount of thought and resources.
0: Hmm brian hall what do you think
3: well i think obviously that the dad is um exhibiting good sanitary practices in the home because the son is cooking the meat versus just eating it raw so (laughs) i
0: think
2: think that's a good thing that's a small victory you're right
0: it is it's you you have to take what you can get (laughs) that's what i think Uh, Yen, do you have any thoughts on the subject
4: yeah i have two things to say um firstly no i i did some babysitting once um I think the child was only like two. He barely speak English. And what I noticed he did was he had a bunch of Legos. He took the Lego character out and started smashing his head against the floor and he had great joy in doing that. <laughs> yeah. So I was wondering, and I'm, I'm not sure if his parents let him see any violent cartoons or anything. I just think that, that innately in the child, in any human, there is a certain kind of amusement we get out of, out of violence. Or maybe even... I think it's because until we have developed empathy, and then we start to see that actually the person on the other side is also a human. Before that happens, we actually are pretty amused by violence. I think, and that's where you know we we like Tom and Jerry, we like Road Runner, and even though it's really really violent, Tom and Jerry is really violent. Yeah. So so that's just that's one.
1: Gore. That's the only difference.
4: Yeah. So that's that's one one mini thesis of mine that that I think affects the way we talk about games. And the second thing is. I agree with Josh that if we, the programmer just cuts it out from the mechanics, it probably will not be a very... The game probably won't be received, be received very well. But I thought what they could do is they could allow it, but allow it in a way which clearly signals to the player that what they're doing is really not nice. I'm thinking about Infamous. Hmm. Right.
0: Or uh, Sleeping Dogs, maybe? Oh,
4: Oh, Sleeping Dogs is, I think, too subtle. Uh, no one gets it. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh,
0: That's unfortunate. You even wrote an article about it.
4: Yeah, I did. And it took me a long while to, to, to tease the article out. But I think Infamous is a pretty good one. You, you, have the, you, you're, you are clearly allowed to kill civilians. In fact, you can even gain experience from killing civilians if you're evil enough. But clearly, the, 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 the game signals something to you, right? You, you look evil. The city gets more evil-looking, and sure, the freedom is there. But I think there's some signal, or some 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 feedback loop to you. I think something like that is is yeah, it would be preferable rather than complete no feedback at all.
1: Yeah, yeah. Also, um, similarly, uh, you know, most most even Grand Theft Auto, there's a certain level of penalty based on what you do. If you start causing a lot of ruckus, running people over, uh, police will start. You'll get stars, and police will start escalating based on your level of violence uh, of mm-hmm. course you know you just die or get caught and then you start over but um the point is that like there is a certain level of consequence um i also think of uh specifically bethesda's games like fallout 3 and skyrim where um the world at large uh, the, the worlds in both of those games really do value um doing anything that the player can think of However. There are a few small things that really are kind of like the the definers. Like, if you you can't hurt children. Mm.
0: Well, and, well, and... you can. They actually did animate it in Skyrim, but you can only access it through a mod on the PC.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> mods mods aren't aren't studio content. That's that's user based yeah. content. Well, they did different. they
0: did try. It actually is in the game. It's just activated. So oh, okay. there was a plan um, at some point, but obviously somebody had a good idea yeah, I mean... and said no. <laughs>
1: And, and 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 that might be the, the the boundary or whatever, but I remember I was playing the game and I was just, you know, because of the character that I was playing and the way that I was playing, um, I was just like assassinating everyone in a house and I realized, and that's, that's probably another discussion, um, but then I realized that I couldn't kill someone because it was a child. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: and you were totally trying, weren't you? <laughs> yeah well, I, didn't, I, didn't,
1: I didn't know what it was. I, I just thought saw it was a person in the bed and I'm like, experience points hello vigorously swinging. <laughs> He's just going, why will not this die die yeah. <laughs> but, but the, the point being that like there's a lot of different theory, you know perspectives on on how you play those things and and, and I do have to clarify I, whenever I play most games, I'm always as good as you can pos- the the game will possibly let you play. Um, until i start just experimenting and seeing what's possible and i think that that's a certain level of of just the the function of play is that you want to find out what's possible what are the limitations what are the consequences and all those things within a system um and and that's what play is i think
0: i like trying to bend the rules until they break yeah that is fun to me I like seeing how many people I can kill or how many things I can make explode, especially in an Opa World game. I don't know. There is a bizarre sense of satisfaction to it. Yeah. I'll admit that. I played Mortal Kombat as a child. Fatalities <laughs> are fun, especially when you're doing them to your parents and or brothers <laughs> Wait, and or uncles. I mean, this is true.
1: To to the person who to to the, the, the player avatar of the of your parents. Yeah. Yeah,
0: And then they get frustrated and whip a controller across the room. You know, was, <laughs> how much more satisfaction could you get?
2: Well, I was playing the Super <laughs> Nintendo version, and there was no blood, well, so you not that. as much.
0: It was, it was just sweat. <laughs> <laughs> I played MK3, and I played Striker, and I just did the baton toss over and over again until they just... Oh, submitted. cheap, cheap. I know I'm horrible, but, you know, I'm a kid, so <laughs> what can I do?
2: I thought uh, Jan made kind of a point when he was babysitting and the, the fellow playing with the Legos. Yeah. Isn't Minecraft sort of a, a virtual equivalent of Legos in a sense? Yeah, pretty. it really is. So yeah. worry not, Father. I think yeah. he's going to be okay.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they're just messing around.
2: Yeah. yeah, and he's finding solutions to problems that are creative. I mean, that's another thing that video games can do is put you in a avenue or an arena where you can... Be creative things and try things. And yes, it works in that world, but I assure you, if he tried to burn a squirrel and then
0: eat it, he would not enjoy that in real life. I'm sure Bear Grylls is going to recommend it at some point (laughs) in the future, if I had to guess.
1: Also, there's something mechanically different about physically picking up a torch with your hand, trying to get it on fire, and then using it to light anything on fire in real life. Yeah, there's a couple more steps. yeah. Yeah.
2: Other than what clicking a mouse button, I guess,
1: or or picking up a stick in uh, picking up a torch in the game and it's already like lit, and then just pressing the 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 or clicking the button uh, key to, to 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 do it.
0: All right. So fear not, your child is doing normal things, and probably will not be doing those to people in real life.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: and, and I also recommend playing together with him, and also bringing it up as a point of discussion.
1: Yeah, definitely bring it up with him and uh, let him feel free to explain how he sees it.
0: Yeah, should you put villagers in a pen?
1: (laughs) I mean, the answer (laughs) is
0: probably going
1: to be no.
2: Maybe they're not so innocent in his mind. Maybe he's pretending that he's a policeman and they're criminals.
1: It also has a lot to do with what mode you're playing it in because Minecraft has two, two main modes. It has creation and survival. Well
0: if it's oh. for survival, then obviously he needs to <laughs> pen them together so that he can kill them for
1: food. It's us. Yeah, it's... yeah that's that's a little dark, but yeah. <laughs> Wait, the villages? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Wow. <laughs>
0: okay, this took a dark turn. I'm not sure if this is helpful anymore.
3: But but if it was the end of the world, and you, you didn't have any food, yeah, and all you I mean, had was
2: people, yeah.
0: I mean, what if this would was you do? You'd pin them up, mode, and you eat like, them. That's different. Okay, now this is turning into practical advice for the apocalypse.
2: So... <laughs> So, dear letter writer, you don't need to worry about your son. However, the people who are on this podcast, I think you should be very concerned about.
0: (laughs) Yes. Do not listen to us. We are not good at advice.
2: (laughs) And believe me, I don't know if I'm going to go through an apocalypse with any of you guys. I'm going to have to watch my back.
0: Oh, come on. I'm not going to kill Ted.
2: Yeah right. I'm kind of meaty.
0: I might kill Joshua. I don't know. <laughs> Pens. I'm all right with that. Whoever weighs the most—that yeah, <laughs> would be me. Next question. What what, what else is up okay. here? Yeah. The uh, next lot. question was about The Last of Us. But how many of us have even played it? I haven't. Joshua Collar haven't. is raising his yeah. hand right now. Yeah, I'm raising my hand.
4: Yeah, I I haven't. I I played the like the first minute of it, uh, but that's it.
0: That's a. What's lot. the question? It's mostly about our thoughts on it, which would be very um.
1: That's pretty, that's pretty open. Yeah,
0: that's pretty, pretty
1: open. open. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Josh
4: can give some spoiler-free thoughts.
1: Yeah, um, Spoiler in short, it is, it is probably the most nuanced storytelling in, in a game, but it is very cinematic and not keeping you uh, in the game through the whole thing. So you're kind of uh, playing through these characters that are very authored and very crafted. So this is the opposite of the open world kind of game that we were just talking about. Um, But the one thing that is consistent is that you're playing as a guy named Joel, who's very, very, very uh, worn down by the apocalypse. Um, But he has not gone so far. He is he is very handsome, rugged, rugged, and rugged. Rugged. Um, And uh, his story starts on a very sad note, and it is probably like the best uh, visuals that I've seen on consoles. Some of the best. like it's it's very 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 well crafted game. However, it is also a hobo uh, simulator, a hobo war f- fighter simulator, um, in my mind. Um, but it doesn't go the full way and, and you know keep it like as as gristled as a hobo would possibly be.
0: Yeah, that's unfortunate.
1: Um, but the, the the story and the the controversy that you might find around it um, deals with what is most important in life. I mean, that's what most uh, post apocalyptic settings are about. What is most important? The the people that you. Come into relationship with, or what is true, or what is uh, most noble. Um, those that that those are the themes that are explored, and it gets really, really dark. Um, what, there's
3: what about candy, Josh? Is there any candy in the game?
1: No, there's no candy whatsoever. That is unfortunate. No candy. Yeah, oh, it's right. very it's very sad. There's no candy. Um, there's actually some very much non candy uh, in the way that the enemies are made out of really gross uh, fungus. Um Ew. Yeah. Uncle so Cat. I won't go. I won't go too much further than that. But I will say that it, this this is not a game that you want. That I would encourage anyone uh, who is immature to be playing. So there's a reason why it has an M rating. And uh, yeah, I'll 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 leave it at that. Hmm. People have been using
0: that M rating for real now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's just it's a very scary, dark. Some people have likened it to uh, Cormac McCarthy's *The Road*. Um, it's harrowing. It's dark. It doesn't relent at times, and uh, there's a few points where it does. But it's the character is very, the main character is very much a, a crappy person, and <laughs> and goes out of the way to def- the, the game goes out of the way to build him up as such.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, it, I
0: think the other thing about The Last of Us, just from purely observing it, is that it exemplifies best what they call the oil and water approach to video game design. What do you mean? So you have the narrative on one end, which is totally separated from the game mechanics on the other. So while they're connected in terms of setting up context and stuff, they don't really interact with each other in any meaningful I, I, way.
1: I, I don't. I don't. I completely disagree. Actually, um, huh. considering well, the, the entire foundation of. I mean, like once you step into the game, you're definitely playing as this dude who's really, really gristled and desperate and. I mean you use a brick as a weapon I mean like that's that's pretty pretty much in tune with the setting and, and how dark yeah, but everything the is. But
0: the story is mostly the story and you can't really change it and it's entirely linear, right? Pretty much. I yeah. mean, there's, so,
1: some, there, there's diverging paths and you can take different approaches to things, but... Yeah, but it's um, not fundamentally
0: going to change where the narrative goes from beginning to end. That's already oh, that's, been decided, yeah, right? That's, that's very true. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's very so true. So it doesn't
0: really take advantage of the fact that you can make choices in video games
1: um, too much, other well,
0: than uh, within individual combat sequences and that sort yeah, so, I mean, so, you're, you're then choosing what right you most linear games. Yeah, it's like most linear games. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a linear game. Yeah. I'll give you that. It's just yeah. heavily narrative focused.
1: Very much so. Okay, that's what Naughty Dog kind of specializes in: is is heavily authored narrative narrative structure. Yeah, like like yeah.
0: Crash Bandicoot.
1: <laughs> honestly, that's that's a little old for me. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I I was around for that, but I never I didn't play many of the Crash Bandicoot games, and it's also Naughty Dog, so that. Yeah, I would I would probably definitely lean more towards the Uncharted or Jack and Daxter reference, but
0: yeah, yeah, Jack and Daxter. I guess that yeah, it it is also, kind of a also also for the
1: record, Zach desperately needs to play any Uncharted game.
0: Yeah, well, that's pretty much obvious. I have the uh, first one sure you have. I have the first. I'm not sure you like We'll see. Are there difficulty settings?
1: Yeah, yeah. There yeah. You, you can only start on uh, hard though. Like Ooh. or no? Wait. Uh, shame on normal and survivor
0: oh okay i'll do that then
1: it goes normal easy normal and survivor and survivor you can't start with you have to play through on normal first
0: oh boo boo yeah
1: i I hate it when that happens but it 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 was it was pretty challenging to begin with so you know yes it was
2: the first one especially there'd be times when those guys were just running at you and running at you
1: I'm sorry. I was thinking of, of Last of Us still, but yeah. I, oh, know, start. Oh. In a, I'm pretty sure you can start on hard in in uh, the Uncharted games.
0: Or I can use a code to unlock it. I'm sure. Hopefully. Yeah. Are they going to be mean to me? I'm not sure. Well, the
1: first one. The first one had really, really poor combat structure. So, <laughs> I mean, like, not, not, not. Like, it was the the core mechanics were bad. It was just like they didn't know how to handle all these enemies coming in all the time, and like how to structure the levels so that you could figure out how to not get dead a lot
0: huh but brian hall told me there were submarines so i need to play it now
1: oh yeah yeah definitely submarines <laughs> <laughs> makes it all better
0: yeah well obviously it's a submarine
3: <laughs> well you know and the key to the first uncharted and what it taught me is that you can never just camp out you have to constantly be moving otherwise mm-hmm. the enemies they'll flank you very quickly so it was the first game I thought that I've ever played. I don't know if this makes sense, but it felt like it was a true 3D shooter because it wouldn't allow me to stay in one spot. I, just, I was constantly moving around a room within mm-hmm. the 3D space, you know, trying to knock off these guys because they were coming in from different angles. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I love the game. I, I can't also, say it. it
1: also, uh, all of the Uncharted's have one of the best takedown moves where you just run up to them and press the melee button and then you punch them in the junk and they die.
0: <laughs> they just die. <laughs> disappear.
1: Really?
0: Junk punching gun. Yeah. I don't don't remember that. I don't remember that. Well, Joshua Collar would know.
1: Yes. I I remember I remember playing the co-op um in in uh Uncharted 3 and that was pretty much all my buddy Zach and I or my my buddy Matt and I all we did. Junk punching. (laughs) Junk punching for all. That Sorry. must be in the later installments of this the is, game. This, this and... podcast, if, if the if the dad from that Minecraft question is listening right now, he is completely disappointed with me.
0: Okay, I've just found <laughs> the name of this podcast, and I'm going to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: All, All right, that's, moving that's right. right along.
0: Okay, so we were going to do a "What are we playing?" thing, right? Yeah. That's next. Yeah. So, who wants to start?
4: Can I start? I'm I ahead to go go off first. Yeah,
0: <clears throat> you should go first, yeah. Okay.
4: I haven't been playing much. The only thing I've been playing is uh, NBA 2K14 that was released a couple of weeks ago. And the NBA season just started yesterday, I think. Yeah, but I don't think you guys follow basketball.
0: Huh? Well, how is it compared to previous entries in the series, other than the better roster?
4: I think the uh, improvements are minute, slightly better aesthetics. I think what they're striving for every year is to have um, closer and closer simulation to the actual... Basketballers, uh, you know his his movements, his the way it feels like, and there's there's some there's some improvement in that area, but but yeah, it's pretty much the same game with an updated roster.
0: Is Jay Z involved? Because yeah. he's heavily involved in all the advertising for it here. Yeah, yeah, I think
4: I'm not sure how he's involved, but he is I involved. I think he's
0: somewhere.
2: a
4: producer. Yeah, he's producer. He chooses the songs and stuff like that.
0: Oh, the soundtrack,
2: yeah. Yeah. Yon, are you still playing the Charlotte Bobcats?
4: Oh no, I, I moved on to a new game, uh, but the oh. Bobcats game was was I, I played two whole seasons of that, yeah. <laughs> and and I thought I thought it was interesting because for for I'm someone who who writes a lot mm. about narrative and and themes and, and and stuff like that. And I spend more time playing NBA than any other game. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting to think about. Um,
0: you should write yeah, more and... about
4: basketball. Sports beat with Jan. <laughs> You know, I actually don't watch the NBA games. I can't get them in Singapore.
0: Ah, okay.
4: Yeah, so I I just read articles and watch tiny clips on ESPN and stuff like that. I guess I could I could pay for the the NBA.com thing, but I, I don't think it's worth them. I don't think I have the time to watch the games too. Yeah, yeah. and there's a lot of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, there <is. laughs> yeah. There's
2: that.
4: Yeah. When I was a college kid, I would spend like three hours a day watching NBA games. Yeah, which explains why I didn't do well in college. Uh,
2: <laughs> you know a they may have it. a feature with it with that nba thing like i have nfl rewind and i can watch any past game but they also have a condensed version of every game so i can watch an entire game in 30 minutes mm. with just highlights so it's pretty great yeah
1: that sounds and that sounds nice and easier yeah
4: <laughs> talking about nfl uh what i've been spending most of my time doing uh well, actually, two things. I've been watching a lot more movies uh, because I started my movie blog, and I was excited and started to watch more movies.
1: Uh, yeah, you got uh, really nice short reviews. They're they're really quick and easy yeah. to read, and you get to the point really quick and very good, very pithy.
4: Yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: recommended. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, what what i was spending most of my time doing is I've been I've been watching this anime uh, from Crunchyroll, so it's legal. Uh, and this anime is about American football.
0: Huh?
4: <laughs> what is it yeah. called? Please tell me. It's called High Twenty One. There really only is one anime about American football. It's really famous and all, all the anime folks know it. And, and it's really interesting because I've been in the States. I watched a Super Bowl and I'm like, my goodness, how on earth can Americans watch four hours of this? Uh, <laughs>
0: I, don't I don't know how they can either.
4: <laughs> and, but the, the, the anime and the manga makes it really, really interesting, really exciting. So, and this is, that's the interesting thing about Japan. Japan's really into American sports. Japan has its own American football league. Japan has its own ice hockey league. And I don't think any other country in Asia does that, you know. And Japan, of course, has its baseball league. So I I thought that's pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. Huh. culturally.
0: This is a long anime.
4: <laughs> it is. It is. It's its fifty episodes, and it doesn't even cover. Only covers about two thirds of the manga.
0: Yeah. Jeez, that's nuts.
4: Okay, that's, that's it for me. Kind of cool looking.
0: <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of Prince of Tennis, except more.
4: Yeah. Modern. Prince of Tennis. Um, they have a really long running soccer one too. The basketball one was there's one called Slam Dunk that's pretty classic. Um,
0: <laughs> slam Dunk, oh, yeah, man, it's a manga and everything.
2: Manga sports beat with Yan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there might be an audience for that. It
2: could be actually. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, Yen, do you have anything else? Or
4: yeah, that's pretty much. it. my 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 school season is pretty much ending in a, a week or two, and I hope to be be able to play more games and write a bit more think November, I'll try to start churning out articles. Um, it looks like November, December, maybe it will be the only, only time in the, of the year where I can write stuff. Ah, so I'm hoping to play Last of Us. Uh, I'm, I don't know. I may start playing Beyond Two Souls. Um, of course, I still have about like 40 games I'm playing in my PS3. <laughs> so yeah, you, we'll see what, what's coming up soon.
1: Awesome. I'll go, I'll go next. Um, I played a, a game called Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Uh, which is uh, made by the company Starbreeze, which it's the first time that they've kind of stepped out of the uh, dark AAA kind of like genre. They're most known for um, uh, Chronicles of Riddick: Escape from Butcher Bay, which is and dark yes. And uh, they're also known for uh, Syndicate, uh, which was not originally their type their IP, but they took that and created a modern adaptation of that. Which is, uh, for those who don't know, is a, a first-person um, cyberpunk. Uh, team-based game uh, with like brain hacking and all sorts of stuff like that but uh, Brothers A Tale of Two Sons was the first time they, they stepped out of that and uh, that there was... Um uh, Sweden, they're a Swedish company. They have a, a, a Swedish-Lebanese director. Um, he's originally from Lebanon, came to Sweden, and he is a famous f- film director who was the director of this game. First time he's made a game, but it is... Uh, sorry, I'm giving too much in, in indication about the background of it, but <laughs> just describing the game in short, sure. you're controlling... It's called Brothers, a Tale of Two Sons because you're controlling two brothers, and it's a co-op game for both of your thumbs. So think of each hand as... Uh, a player in, in a sort and and you're moving them around with your thumbs. Hmm. So uh, big brother is on your left hand little brother is on your right hand and you move them around and your shoulders are the, the court context interaction but- keys so like if you see uh, a switch uh, you would run over to it and press the, the interaction button as the big brother and he would pull it. Um, if you were to pull, do the same thing with the little brother uh, it would be too big of a switch for him and he couldn't quite pull it. Um, and uh, you come across mm-hmm. characters in the world who, you can, who each uh, of the brothers responds to differently. If you see a, a harp, uh, the big brother will mess with it and it sounds like a mess. And little brother will mess with the harp and it sounds beautiful because he knows how. To, he's just a savant. And this creates uh, really unique puzzles that are very much based on uh, both uh, each character working with one another um, and also uh, a certain level of coordination because um, you'll like cross cross thumbs at certain times you'll be controlling one brother and not the other and not realize how things need to be be flowing through one another um, but the most important thing you need to know about this game is that it made me cry oh, um, again stop crying <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, and i'm not going to explain any of of that but i will say that it's a a three-hour game it's it's kind of like journey only with a lot more um of a mechanical flair um and it has uh it's a scandinavian setting scandinavian fantasy setting um the world is beautiful it looks Uh,
0: beautiful
2: from what
1: i see the uh the the music in it is brilliant um and really just keeps you in it um and uh it's it's just full of, of rich emotion and and uh, nonverbal storytelling. Like the characters speak, but it's in some nondescript uh, banjo kazooie like language. Simlish. Um, yeah, yeah. Like they're 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 communicating with one another, but you don't know exactly what's saying.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, and and that keeps you kind of in the the focus on the action and your relationship with these characters, um, and uh, really going through the the epic journey that they're they're on to uh, retrieve this, uh, basically they're going to the fountain of life or the, 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 tree of life to get, um, healing for their dad who's dying. Um, and, and that's kind of the entire premise of the game is that they're, they're on this journey together because they love their dad. And, uh, they, they are, they love what they, they, you know, are brothers, but they also really care about one another, need one another to be able to get through everything. Um, and it feels very much like a kind of like a parable in that sense. What uh, platform are you playing on? Oh, I played it on PC. It's also on PS3 and 360. Okay. The the PC version runs a little chunky, uh, at least on my computer, and it's it's a pretty good computer. I mean, it's it's in uh, the um, uh, Unreal uh, Unreal uh, engine, um, so it should run a lot smoother. Because I have other Unreal games that are much more advanced and demanding that run way smoother. But it's probably just
0: uh, not optimized.
1: Yeah, it might it might just not be optimized yet, but the, the, that, that doesn't hinder any of the... I mean, like I said, I still cried. Um, the story uh, is just a testimony to good storytelling that's nonverbal and based on your interaction in the world.
0: Well, the so, dual analog thing might get a little weird, but I, I it could is, probably... It, it, does have get, it, it
1: does get a little weird. Um, I wouldn't say that it's challenging. So if you're looking for something, Zach, that has like a reliable and consistent mechanic... Um, well, you also like Conquer, which also had that context-sensitive button where, like, it would just do whatever was contextually relevant to that scenario, which yeah. <laughs> is the basis of of this whole game. So maybe, maybe, maybe you will like it. I don't know. Hmm. Um, but it's it's a like like I said, it's it's like Journey, um, only it it does a lot of different things. Um, the the director and the reason why I brought this up earlier is that the director, Yosef um, tr- tr- uh, faben I'm um, forgive. Foreign. I, I'm forgetting his name, but he. Uh, there was a fascinating story in Polygon about him growing up in uh, in Lebanon during the civil war in the late '80s, and coming to Sweden for solace and turning to the film industry um, as kind of like his his form of expression. Became this famous Swedish director um, and realized that the only way that he'd be able to tell this story was to make it a game. And uh, so he and and he has just you know just this tragic life story um that that plays kind of into what motivated him to create this game and it's, it's just it's just rich and i i can't spoil any of it I, I just do have to emphasize it made me cry and i don't want to spoil it for you because it is really really good
0: okay crying no spoilers yeah got it <laughs>
3: so so when the dad died at the end josh it made you cry
1: <laughs> wait he wasn't he already dead no no the, the dad dad's sick and 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 is that the I twist? will not I will not say what did or did not happen.
3: Oh good. So it was one of the brothers that died then, huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, stop trying to figure it out.
2: Man, he is pooping on the party.
3: Or, <laughs> or was it the dog?
1: Well, the, There's
3: a dog? The, the, there, there is.
1: there's there, there's there's a lot of animals that you come across and there's a lot of fantastic creatures that you come across. Do
3: they burn any of the animals that they come across?
1: Uh, No, they do not set them (laughs) on fire and they do not lock humans inside of cages. uh, This is sounding
0: like Fable 3.
1: Or, or the scenario that the dad described at the beginning of our podcast.
2: <laughs> I am so, reminded, I don't know which game it was, but it was on the DS, where you controlled one player on the top screen and another player on the bottom screen. I don't know if it was a Mar- oh, Mario Luigi game. or.
1: No, well, I, I think that Mario and Luigi might have done that at one point, but I do know that that was also part of uh, The World Ends With You, that's okay. which was uh-huh. a Square Enix game where you were fighting on the top screen and the bottom screen at the same time. Yeah yeah that that That, was that was strange i didn't quite get good at that game and i i liked the concept but i i couldn't stick with it
0: multitasking
1: difficult (laughs) (laughs) at least at least you have one screen in this scenario and your characters are usually pretty close to one another and and it it's it really is uh part of the, the the story is learning how to keep these two different characters coordinated um The the director very much emphasized that like when he was pitching this around to different studios, he said uh, this has to be a a cooperative game that you can only play as one player. You can't have two people playing this game. It has to be one person. Mm -hmm. Um, And and you might find out why that is as you as you play the game.
3: Spoilers. Because one of the brothers died at the end. I'm emotionally (laughs) attached. That's that's what this is about.
1: Oh
0: goodness! (laughs) Stop it. Also, another, on, game,
1: another game that made me cry that also, um, and Yen could probably empathize, empathize with this. Chronicles of Riddick. Escape Final from Fantasy VII. Chronicles of Riddick, Escape from Butcher Bay. I cried. Riddick is a, just a sad... No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's so sad. He's so sad, and so, you know, Vin Diesel is just hes just a fantastic actor. The
0: Fast and um, Furious made me cry. <laughs> the the no, other Eddie one, to the moon.
1: Sports. To the moon with the other game. Um, and... And uh, Yen did an amazing exegesis where he broke down like the whole game into four bits and just explored it in great detail. Or maybe it was three, but um, his write-up on it is fantastic. Theme-only game, it's um, an
0: indie RPG kind
1: of. It's a it's a 16-bit style RPG made in RPG Maker. Um, that uh, I, I could I could go on a rant about that for a long time, but I'll is just be actual it. moon in it. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's the there. the moon is in it. Um, okay. And it's an important Good. part of the story, so you like. Also, the, also uh, the guy who made that Kangao, he also made a a free game called The Mirror Lied, which Zach hates. I hate. I like. It. Pat Gan <laughs> likes it. Um, but um, to give it. you an idea of what you can do with with uh, if you don't believe that RPG Maker can create an interesting game for today, definitely try that out.
0: Yeah, something about birds and dead houses and burning and <laughs> nuclear war, maybe. I don't know. Very weird. (laughs) Anyway.
1: uh, So, Ted, what are you playing? Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Well. Misdirect.
2: I have been playing a game called Brothers, A Tale of Three Sons. (laughs) There
3: we go. See, I knew one of them died.
2: Is it better? (laughs) (laughs) Well, instead of playing many games since our last podcast... I did spend a weekend with my two brothers. Uh, we went camping up in Virginia, and then we went biking on a trail called the Virginia Creeper. Have any of you heard of the Virginia Creeper before? That sounds Is that, frightening. Is it a right? roller coaster or what? No, it uh, used to be a train line in the mountains of Virginia. And then when it was retired, or whatever they do to train lines when they're not using them anymore, they converted it into a path. I mean, the the beds are already laid, so it's now a walking or biking path that basically starts on one mountain, goes down a valley, and then goes up to the top of another mountain. But the good thing about it for uh, biking is that because it was originally for railroads, it's never going to be steeper than a 3% grade. So the hills are always doable, if long, yes, hmm. but... Uh, so we basically coasted down 17 miles on our bikes, and then we had to pedal up 17 miles the other way.
0: Oh! And well. it,
2: came, it came up to a total of 36 miles, I think I spent on a bike with no training or preparation. <laughs> <laughs> How did it feel? Uh, it was a little rough toward the end, so to speak, on the end.
0: <laughs> I can imagine.
2: But my legs were okay. It was tiring. The, the thing about it is I was thinking in terms of if you're a gamer out there and you're interested in exercise <laughs> and you're near the Virginia <laughs> Creeper, just do it where you go from the top of one side down into a valley. I mean, it's basically a about an hour and a half downhill coast. And you're outdoors. You know, you do have to pedal a little bit. So I was just thinking if you're out there and you're a gamer and you're looking for something to do outside – that might be a good thing to do is do half the Virginia creeper, and you can even rent bikes and they uh you know they cart you up to the top and then you ride the bike back down to the shop at the in the valley. Cool hmm. so that was reality that was the real deal. I wasn't playing like Dave Mira
1: BMX
2: or some other biking simulator out there.
1: There aren't a lot of like long form bike riding games where you just like ride a very long bike ride. Yeah, like
2: like the Tour de France or whatever. There's not one, is there? Probably is, but is it enjoyable or good? Oh, I'm I'm,
1: I'm sure it's I'm sure it's not. I mean, like all, all of the fun in that is is the physical aspect of it, not the pressing the X button to pedal.
2: It's like playing those old <laughs> epics Olympic Games, the Winter Games and Summer Games. Oh man. Oh. Geez. It was running, you're just hitting <laughs> hitting the button as fast as you can. California Games. That's California Games. Remember. And also track and field is the ultimate example of that, especially in the arcade. I would be pounding those buttons trying to run.
0: <laughs> this is how we do running. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, yeah, an endurance game on a video game platform is not always fun. But, you know, riding a bike and it was fall, the leaves were turning. And we, I did have a little mini game going on where as I was riding along, if I saw a leaf falling, if I could catch it, you know, I, I gave myself a point. And I only caught two the whole time. It was pretty challenging. One time I almost wrecked, so it's not worth it entirely. (laughs) And then um, the next weekend I I had class. I was in class all weekend, so I didn't get to have any fun there.
0: Oh, class isn't fun?
2: Uh, I love class. Class is enjoyable. But class takes up a lot of time.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: And it's hard.
0: It requires thinking
2: and thought. Thinking, stop. (laughs) Let me tell you this. You know, I've been talking a little bit about Greek and working hard on my translations and stuff like that from the book of John. So I go into this class. I literally spent probably 16 hours of total time doing all my translating, and we never went over them.
0: Oh. You know what? (laughs) That's
2: usually what happens. Yeah, I know. But it's just like if I had known that, I would have been doing – Something else.
0: Yeah. Oh well here's a pro tip for all you graduate students out there. You never really have to read any of the books they assign.
2: Good, because it's too much.
0: It's too no, much. Don't bother. You know what? If you just skim and do a quick outline of the book, you're basically gonna win.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I'm doing okay. I'm I'm a I'm a B student. I'm never gonna be really an A student except every once in a while. But I'm okay with that. I, I've decided that mediocrity is not a bad thing. <laughs> Well, you know, at the end of the game. Uh so a B
0: is above average. It's not it's not Socrates.
2: At the end of the game, and let's just say I have my M div in my hand and I'm going somewhere, at whatever I do with it, someone's gonna say, So, you got your M div, did you have a C average or a B average or an A average? I'm gonna they're not gonna care. No They just <laughs> they just are impressed that you, you started something and you finished something. So that's what I've been not playing,
0: <laughs> which is mostly working and/or biking.
2: Yeah. I've been doing not playing. I've doing, been doing a lot of not doing.
0: playing. Good. Brian Hall, are you there? Oh, I'm here. Yeah. What have you been doing?
3: Ted started talking about exercise. I started tuning out. It was like, oh, guy.
0: <laughs> I guess you don't like exercise. Uh, uh,
3: um, no comment. Um, no comment at all. No, I. You know what? My best thing of the week here. Let's see. I've been playing Candy Box 2.
0: Yes. What is Candy Box 2?
3: I I don't even know if I can describe it. Um, You'd have to play Candy Box 1. It has candy and lollipops in it.
0: Is this that thing
1: with the It's an ASCII game.
3: There you go. Oh,
0: and you collect all the candies, and it just sits there, and you can just kind of play it when you're not doing anything.
3: Yeah, I just leave the browser window open and let it do its thing.
0: Yeah, throw 10 candies on the ground, et cetera, et cetera.
3: Ten candies? No, 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 we're talking millions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you uh, can
1: you win? I don't know. It's, you just, you it, just, you just keep the doing is, it. The question is, can you win? I guess you can win most role playing games, but this, it, it just, I mean, even calling it that is, is maybe spoiling too much. But it's it's definitely best described as a surprise um, that the more that you get, the more time that you give it, uh, yeah. the more that it unfolds and does things that surprise you that. You're amazed that, like, a text-based game can even consider doing.
3: Like, like for example, the candy merchant. He sells you stuff.
0: <laughs> the candy merchant.
3: The candy merchant. And so one day, after a while, he um, all of a sudden, I could buy his hat. And it was it was a million candies. And he had this awesome cowboy hat. And I thought, you know what? I really want that. So I <laughs> saved up, and I got his hat. And it was awesome. And that was... I don't, the game's weird. It, it does. It unfolds before you. It starts out as nothing. And then slowly it adds a map, it adds inventory, it just it kind of unfolds like an awesome book. Yeah, there's there's I don't think there's any winning Zach. You might not like it.
0: Yeah, that would not be for me.
1: there, there is there is uh, a life bar, so I'm sure that if you do enough uh, fighting and quests, that you will eventually you can eventually die. Yeah, I played
0: um, the original candy box thing, I think, but I yeah, and then I you do the quests and it kind of just goes automatically and drains all your health. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I played that. I've got my
3: health maxed out right now. Yeah, it's a good game. I've been playing that. I've been playing Fire Emblem still. Um slowly working through that. The game it has chapters and then in between the chapters you can go and fight these smaller battles. And so that's what I do. I I really try to level my guys up. But I realized the other night that I've been playing the game completely wrong. And that (laughs) is some of the characters you can level up and they max out at twenty. And I thought, okay, that's it. You know, this it's kinda weird, but you know, maybe they're just maxed out that way. And then I found out that if you apply something called the Master Seal, um, yeah. it opens up the next, uh, like the upgraded class for your character. So mine went
1: from like my it's main like Poke evolving,
3: yeah. So I went from a Tactician <laughs> to a Master Tactician. But then you start over at level one, but you keep all of your stats. And so I've been putting hours into this game, hours, hours. I could have been leveling and. Oh, my. I haven't. So I'm hoping I haven't watched it completely, and I don't think I have. But Probably not.
1: That's that's part of the learning curve behind your first Fire Emblem. The first one that I played on, on GBA, I had the exact same problem. I got, like, really late in the game, and I realized that I was not valuing my weakest characters early enough in the game yeah. where they could become, like, the strongest characters towards the end of the game. hmm And it was just entirely because I didn't – I just didn't know. Yeah.
3: Hmm. didn't know and and that's my problem with i mean the pokemon series is that you can only level really one or two or three guys and that drives me nuts because usually by the time i'm i'm too far into the game i have i don't have enough high level characters and they're all they're just weak and then i get my butt kicked and i hate the game (laughs) um and that's my cycle with that series I, i really don't like it and i've heard the new one fixes that by evenly distributing um you know experience points but Anyway, so I've been playing uh, Candy Box and then also so Fire Emblem, and that's, that's about it.
0: I have not played a Fire Emblem game to completion, so. You're,
3: you're killing me, man. No Uncharted, no Fire Emblem. Yeah,
0: well, <laughs> my tastes kind of go in weird places. Have you played <sighs>
1: Deus Ex? Have you, have you played any DSX games? I own them, but I haven't okay, then played we're, them. We're done here. I'll see you guys, I'll see you guys <laughs> next week. We all have different tastes, goodness. You, you know don't kind of even the first one. You know what kind of games I like.
2: He's a mechanic game.
1: Yeah. Well, he, He's more specifically an action mechanic game. Yeah, I guy. like... He likes really, really nice, refined tension and parrying and dodging and... I like the coordination that... Being a... This is a good segue for the game that you've been playing, Zach. Yeah, Go for it.
0: The use of my brain in terms of strategizing and also dexterity in terms of the physical manipulation of the controller. And the game to which I refer is... Bayonetta. <laughs> and why am I playing Bayonetta again? Because I, don't know. I already dumped 50 hours into it. Well, Stupid Zack decided he wanted to delete Bayonetta off his Xbox hard drive, but by accident he also deleted all his save games. And <laughs> yeah, this is a problem because you have to play a lot to unlock a lot of the things in the game. So I decided, hey, why not? I'll just play through Bayonetta again. And I just completed it last night, it only took me 10 hours which is pretty good cuz first time it took me like 18. <laughs> yeah. So Bayonetta is the best action character combat game ever made and <laughs> if you like that sort of thing you should really go play it because
1: it's literally perfect. <laughs> even even if you are playing as a dirty dirty witch.
0: Well, you're playing as what I would call the most intimidating woman on the planet.
1: <laughs> on our planet so she's from our world
0: she is from our world yes in (laughs) the mythology of the game bayonetta is a witch and witches make a deal with uh inferno to get magical powers and you mean the devil well it's kind of ambiguous whether (laughs) or not there's a god or whether there's a satan
1: but you said this is the real world it's kind of the real
0: world but not really
1: Okay, so it's okay if it's kind of the real world and not the real world, but you make a deal with the devil?
0: You make a deal <laughs> with the legions of Inferno, and if you kill angels and send them back to hell, then you get to keep up with the bargain. I, I guess think I read
1: about this in the Book of Revelation. It's
0: kind of a Faustian bargain, I guess, which gives her enormous powers and to do crazy things and summon hair demons from hair place. This does it not sounds, sound like this is a godly game.
2: I'm this just guessing um, if very... this game was called Candy Netta, that Brian would be all over it.
3: Well, that depends or, on what or, kind of candy we're talking about, Ted. Or
1: if it was Brother Netta, I'd be all over it.
3: Especially if one of them dies at the end, right? <laughs> Where's it, the dad? Which one?
1: <laughs> Spoiler hey, I never episode. said what happened to the mom, so that's all i oh. gotta say oh, oh. oh
3: i'm googling it that. now
1: everyone
0: dies <laughs> i think that's what the, what the plot is and added, nobody ever dies it doesn't matter how many times it looks like they're going to die no one ever dies well except for the even, things even
1: if they can. have like inferno himself come and sentence them to damnation
0: yeah it's weird you well <laughs> if if to quote unquote spoil the game which there's not really much to spoil Except for the fact that you just bash whatever a Japanese man's conception of a quote-unquote angel is. I mean, you basically are fighting Jubileus the creator at the end, who is the person that created everything in the Bayonetta world. Uh Uh-oh. And he, she, he, she, it goes crazy, and you have to basically kill it and throw it into the sun.
1: Well... See how does that relate to like Bayonetta two? Because if you kill the biggest guy in the world, then like where do you go from there? This is
0: yeah, it's very mysterious to me. I have no idea. I get
1: it. I get it. Then the boss in the next game is the sun.
0: Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. The plot makes almost no sense, but the (laughs) emotional part actually does make a little bit of sense. I mean, but this is definitely a g- not a game for everyone.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's all about the actual kinetic.
0: Yeah, it, but That's I actually mechanics. like the whole thing. I like the story. I like the the aesthetics. I like the fact that I'm playing as a crazy Ten foot human- tall. Woman. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: who has what Justin Fox would call booty pixels. See?
1: I used yeah. it. Uh. (laughs) Yeah, polygons. I think he he preferred, he he emphasized polygons.
0: Yeah, but I think it's about an hour into most games, especially the more complicated ones that you just basically, the aesthetics don't matter anymore, and basically what you're looking at is just kind of a strategic mold, and it's like, oh, I need to attack this enemy, and I need to dodge this one, and it's really a game about maintaining your combo, killing things as fast as possible, and multitasking. Because you need to dodge at proper times, to slow down time, to attack more—it just keeps going and going and going. That sort of thing. Cool. Yeah, but it's it's and there's too many weapons, there's way too many strategies and challenges in it, and there's no DLC, which is amazing. But it's really all about the combat.
1: Well, the fact that you can keep playing it for fifty hours and it, and there not being any DLC, well,
0: and finding new things about it. Yeah, that's that's good. I even bought the player's guide, which is now worth $300, I guess.
2: Say what?
0: Yeah, because it was limited edition. and it did you made, spend that much money? It contains all the strategies you would ever need for this game. No, I did not spend it. I got it for 30 bucks when it was brand new. So.
4: No, I, I got one comment and one question. The, the, the comment was, you know that uh, at the end of the game, right? Technically yeah. speaking, Bayonetta was not the one who destroyed Jubileus, the creator. She summoned the Queen of Sheba the queen of sheba destroyed jubileus now the queen of sheba was the woman who had an affair with solomon is that correct
0: queen of sheba yes well she she, uh, was kind of messed up
2: yeah i don't know if it was an affair but she certainly visited solomon yeah
0: that's that's as much as i've read in kings oh okay okay yeah so Uh, that might be solomon's
4: contemporary beat up the creator god (laughs) yes yeah effectively so i thought that was really weird
0: um, it's yeah, well, it's Japanese people taking the symbolism of Christianity yeah. and other religions and just doing whatever with it. So, so yeah. I, I and the like, yeah, one that, was, uh-huh.
1: oh, I, th- yeah, I think and, that and, in terms of comparison, like that, the uh, the um, El Shaddai game is a little bit more biblically accurate than than Bayonetta,
0: yeah. Yeah, as <laughs> much as it could be. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, Bayonetta uses a lot of Norse mythology too, which is really strange to me, but. Yeah, it goes all over the place. The enemies don't even look like what you would call an angel. They're just like these things (laughs) with with wings and many, many faces and that sort of thing. And angels are really
4: grotesque looking, actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Clearly bad guys. Clearly bad guys, yeah. You don't really see a lot of the Inferno things, so I assume they're not going to show it in the next game either, so... (laughs) Huh. So uh, my second
4: question is a is a is a mecha- is a technical question. Uh, since I'm I'm the noob here, I only completed the game once. What why why are there so many combos for? Uh, because are they are uh, are are all the combos useful? Because as far as I can tell, the long combos they they are, you just leave you exposed for for such a long um, such a you leave you so vulnerable. I just don't see any use for them in the game. Or is that are there just so many layers of 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 strategy I haven't unlocked yet?
0: Uh, okay, so. Basically, in Bayonetta, you can use. There's so many combos, obviously, right? They all of them can be useful for different situations. But the best thing about Bayonetta is that you can basically evade at any time during a combo. Now, uh, so I... yeah. So obviously, okay, okay. this would break your combo. But what they have is the system called Dodge Offset. So basically, if you do a combo, right, and you you know you get through like three or four buttons in the sequence. And then you hold the button in evade, you'll actually keep where you were in that sequence. So basically what this is encouraging is finding out the way that you want to break the combo. You'll see the enemies attack, then you'll evade at the right time. Then when you come out of the evade, you can do the rest of the combo, no problem.
4: Okay, I have justified my newness. You, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's it, complicated.
0: It is complicated, but it's not even explained in the game anywhere, but you can just kind of figure it out <laughs> after a while. Of course, on the other end, you can also do the parry once you get the moon of mankala or whatever it's called. But you basically just press forward and it parries. At if you if you press forward at an attack within five frames of the attack hitting you, then you'll parry it and in higher difficulties you can't actually do the dodge that well and it doesn't really help you so
1: so five frames are we talking 60 fps or 30 fps here talking
0: i'm 60 fps here
1: all right I, I am i am half joking uh, <laughs> the fact that you're actually able to like parse five five frames that's just that's just nuts <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's actually not that bad cuz the uh, the evade the what are you called the evade in the normal and hard difficulties, when you do it at the right time, will put you into quote-unquote witch time, which is the slow motion thing. Mm-hmm. And this, when you have the slow motion, anything you do in witch time gives you a combo multiplier. So this is how you get high scores, right? Oh, okay. At the same time as you eliminate enemies as quickly as possible. Now, on the highest difficulty, which is called nonstop infinite climax, please don't look anything into that. You can't use witch time, so you have to use parry all the time in everything so that's how the game basically trains you to get off of witch time eventually so
1: yeah (laughs) it's complicated so i think we're gonna have to have a separate podcast where um zach explains why it's okay to play as a demon witch who pulls (laughs) off the super combos and why that's important
0: well there's nothing (laughs) important about it i just really love the combat system and it's very satisfying and it has that feeling of basically overcoming challenges which is basically cool. what Hideki Kamiya has said the game is about yeah so yeah and they and that was Bayonetta Break with <laughs> Zachary <laughs> <Yeah>. they jammed <laughs> as much stuff as they possibly could into the game and that's why people are still playing it huh
1: cool I guess that's this is the main reason why you want a, a Wii you is so that you can get bayonetta 2
0: and the wonderful 101 which is made by the same guy so yeah that game is intriguing to me i might get that eventually oh, please please buy it i know it's not doing so well is it no no but yeah. i'm telling you well, those games we... they you know how most games kind of just okay here's my metaphor for most games most games are like a gigantic loud fart that slowly trails out as you play the game what yes Okay, so like you'll hear the initial <sighs> wave, right? And it's like, that sounds horrible, right? And then slowly but surely, it sputters out towards the end. <laughs> Think of Heideki Kamiya games as basically explosive farting forever, which hits some kind of magical crescendo at the end, in which everything is just maniacal, and the stakes keep getting higher and higher.
1: And now that we have reached the point of Magical Epic Farting, I think that's a podcast.
0: <laughs> magical Epic Farting may be another title I'm considering for this.
2: <laughs> Those are both good titles.
0: <laughs> okay, we have shown our relative immaturity, so <laughs> thanks for joining us on our journey. So, this has been the Theology Gaming Podcast. If you would like to know more about us, go to theologygaming.com you can find M. Joshua Collar at Love Subverts. And That's
1: fine. That's
0: fine. It's a frequent <laughs> M. Game Church and Substance TV. Ted, you can find at wildmanted.com. Yen, you can find at Redeemed Gamer. Just Google it. <laughs> I'm not going to put the WordPress address in there. And I don't know what your movie blog thing is, but I will put it in the description so that people can find it. And for Brian Hall, you can find him at johnnybgamer.com, and I think that's it. All right. Oh,
2: I, I just remembered one thing. I'm sorry, but this is a, about my YouTube channel. I have a video on there where I my son gets his PS2 for Christmas back in 2003, <laughs> and I just wanted to tell you that I was recently contacted by Spike TV, and they're going to be using that video or some part of it in their promotions for a contest about memories of your first PlayStation.
0: <laughs> Fantastic
2: so I'll, I'll keep you updated on that but uh but i thought that was kind of cool all that's
0: right awesome. we will want to know this <laughs> all right if you like the theology gaming podcast please go on itunes and give us five star and write a review we really appreciate it it'll help us out a whole lot and that's about it unless somebody else has something to add i gotta go to the bathroom as do i <laughs> oh goodness epic farting and then bathroom tech Let's just end it right there. (laughs) All right. Say
1: goodbye. Goodbye.
0: Bye.